Zion, my fair one. Oh, queen of the land, fear not, I have called you. Speak my word to this land. Oh, bride, be made ready. take the words of that song and if you could meditate on that I believe you could do as Brother Branham say just go sit down in the corner and cry for a while it's the love of God the goodness of God amen I believe you can see the heart of God in that song and how could we not love him how could we not serve him amen good to be in the house of the Lord tonight Good to be with you all. Good to see you all. Those that we can't see, but you can see us. God bless you also. Amen. Thank you for the songs, Brother Ray. That was wonderful. Thank you. We'll just go directly to the Word. And we'll go to the book of Galatians, chapter 3. Galatians, chapter 3. We'll read from Galatians 3 and also Galatians 5. Paul is speaking to a people that have come out under, from under the law. They've, they've come out, but they easily seemed like so quickly reverted back to um, organization, to times, to seasons, to rules, to a more dogmatic approach, if we could say. And Paul is laboring here to differentiate to them that law and grace cannot exist together. So we're going to read from verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. To preserve time, we'll drop down to verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident that just shall live by faith. The law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. None of us could keep the law. 
None of us could, could, could do what it is. But it's by faith, and faith is a revelation. Amen. We're going to just jump over to um, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we'll just read in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Again, we'll just drop down a few verses. Verse 4, Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith, but faith which worketh by love. Works by love. Love means that there's a relationship with someone. Amen. Let's just bow in a word of prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the gathering. Thank you for the songs that were sung. Thank you for every life that is represented here. But above all, Lord, we thank you for you. And Lord, more than ever, we find our root and our anchor, our hope, our everything rests in you. So Lord, tonight we just want to come and sit at your feet and learn of you and Lord, be drawn closer to you, to be taught in the ways. Lord, we believe that in the midst of this world and the chaos of this world, your eyes are upon a people. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have called us and you have chosen us. So now we give ourselves to you, asking your blessing on the word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I'll, um, I'm going to use a few scriptures. I'll just ask you to go over to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. This is in verse 16. I believe if God has called us out, He has called us to a walk with Him. He's called us with an end goal in mind. And uh, so Paul is speaking to the Ephesians on one level, to the, sorry, to the Galatians on one level, to the Ephesians on another. Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love. And again, he's using the word of, of a relationship here. And love as being that, verse 18, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. We'll, we'll stop there. I'm going to make a few comments. <clears throat> I want to carry on with the thought that we had last spoken on, an organized religion versus a manifested life. This will be part four, although I've injected some things. Tonight, my focus would be on a subtitle of Relationship Brings 
trust. Now, in, in, in the basis of, of how we started this, I took a quote out of, is your life worthy of the gospel? And Brother Brandon would say, we've got to follow every day, every hour of the day, every step of the way, we've got to be led by the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't, we take, on, we take an organizational life. And a life that doesn't follow Christ daily is not worthy. So we don't want to talk as denominations are out there and organizations are out there. You can take on an organizational life within the framework of the message. But we want to be in communion, in contact, in relationship. So we want to take this on an individual level a little bit. I'm going to go back to Galatians chapter 5, if you will. And this is where we read in the latter, latter part, uh, in the first part of it. But I want to pick up something that Paul speaks a little bit. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Now he's, he's, remember, he's laboring. He says, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So the, the gospel wasn't built on tablets of stone. There's not a, a standard somewhere that, that it's just on a tablet, but it was meant to be expressed in the human heart. Christ is meant to be the end result of the message, of what we live in. And, and while we, we always point to the Word as our standard, but the final manifestation is the life. God, God will never uh, allow His Word to be defeated. But what's defeated sometimes is our faith doesn't line up to it. But God's determined that a people will come to this. And that's why we're laboring and ministering and working towards it. So Paul is saying, until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Now he, he takes this, uh, it's called an, an allegory, it, it's, it's talking about a symbol, but something we can all understand he says, it's written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born of the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. So the law was a bondwoman, if we can use that type. It was there to serve a purpose. Under the, the blood of bulls and goats, it could not change the desire. It could not change the nature to sin. But under Christ, you could have a change of desire. You could have a change of heart. You're still trapped in the flesh. You still do things wrong. But because that's there, the minute you do wrong, there's something that convicts you. There's something, there's a little voice within, and it tells you that. Now, I'm, th I'm thankful that's there. I, you know, and as much as we do wrong and as we're convicted, thank God, sons and daughters can be convicted. 
We stumble, we fall, but thank God he's there to help us along the way. So the law, the word, and if we refer to the message as strictly the word in a context and use it in a legal way continually, line up with the word, just obey the word, just do that, I'll tell you what, that'll only bring you so far. Now it is the standard to where we got to go to. But yet it, 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 it is only enacted by a law, not just a law, but by a relationship. So, so now he speaks here a little further in verse 24. These things are an allegory. And from this there are two covenants. One from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar, is, as it's referred to. So that's the law from Mount Sinai. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answers to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children, which is really Israel. They're still under that. They haven't come under the further part of this, but they will. This is the hour. This is the season. Now Paul says, he brings that all up, and then he says, verse 26, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Now he, he would say, Now it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath more children than she which has a husband. So if, if I would bring that to say there was a long period of time where Sarah, who was the designated womb for the son uh, for, for Abraham's natural seed to come through, there was a long period of time where it seemed like she was barren. There was no way it was going to happen. But yet she had a husband. And the bondswoman, she was, she, was, she was just a servant. She wasn't under the same relationship. But yet she brought forth children. And no doubt this led to mockery, even internally in the camp. And if I can put it in today's context, we could look at denominations, we could look at great works of God. There are tremendous works out in the world today. But sometimes the elect look like they don't have a lot. But what they've got is a relationship. They've got a husband. They've got a promise that will bring them to something. He's our Lord. He's our mate. He's the one that we're in love with. And he will bring forth the fruit in the appointed season. <coughs> so I, I use that as a springboard for where I'm going here today. It's, it would say, for the desolate has more children than she which has a husband. Now, let me just keep moving right along. In seed is not air with the shuck. Brother Branham makes this distinction. And we are living in the time of the separating of, of seed from shuck. Now the spiritual, now the natural cannot be heir with the spiritual. No more than Ishmael's children can be heir with Isaac's children. No more than the carnal can be heir with the spiritual. Now he's, we just read in a very brief form in Galatians what what Brother Branham is talking about in his commentary here. 
church natural, church spiritual. There is a church natural that these women type. There's a church spiritual. The church natural and the spiritual cannot be heirs together. I, I, I feel like I, I should really labor on this because it's such a fine line in the age we live in. And I would say with, even within the framework of the message. Now, I'll, I'll use it this way because you, you could take how, how Brother Branham would talk because there was a change in the sheet music. In the message, there was a first pull and there was a second pull, but, but when it came to third, the music began to change. Now, and, and Brother Bannon would bring in so many types, he'd say, it's not just carrying down the same old path, but it's turning a corner. And turning a corner is never easy. And so even within the context of the message, Brother Adam would make reference before the seals were open. He'd say, now be a good Christian. Be, be, be a, serve God wherever you are and be where you are and do what you can do. And he, he would sh- do those things. But once the seals came open and it was Christ taking the seals off the word, not just off the word, but off of our eyes that we could see ourselves, our true nature. I wasn't born just to be a church member. I wasn't born just to be a, a part of, of, of what you could identify with the bondswoman. But I was born to be a part of Christ. That's the, the when, when the seals opened, it released me and it said, He's not just my Savior. He's not just my healer. But He's my Lord. He's my God. He's the one that I love and I'm adoring and, and I, I'm in love with. Oh, I'm so thankful that it's released that within me. The message isn't a push, it's a pull. You don't herd people into it, but it's a pull, it's a drawing. It, it's, it, 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 it's a love story of, of, of the most epic proportions. So Brother Branham, he would, he would make that statement, and, 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 and as he's coming up to the seals, he's saying this, attend your church. But at, at a certain point, he begins, the language changes. And you can see the authority by which he's going. Because he'd been working up to something, but once it opened, and he could see the real truth of it, he says, now challenge me on serpent seed. You can't do it. Why? It was truth that was being revealed. And he goes further, and then he not only talks about truth, and I'm jumping, taking big leaps here, but he, now he looks at the whole system that's out there, and he says, and he, and he begins to serve messages like the indictment. In other words, an indictment, serving notice. It's, it's a warrant. It's a claim. He's saying, you're guilty of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're crucifying him afresh. Now, now that's, a, that's a shift. And in an age even now where we've become accustomed to, because, you know, we're under this pandemic, and, you know, our church is under a lockdown, they're under a lockdown, they're rebelling, they're doing this. But I'll tell you what, our approach, friends, it's not just measured by what's happening in the other churches. It's measured by what's happening here. It's by what he's speaking to us. So I don't, don't draw your inspiration from just what others are doing. Draw it from what Christ is speaking to you. 
So he, he begins to take messages like the trial. Now, you can take those indictment, and there's this many more messages, but I, I want to bring this to the individual. Because I don't want to... I, I really feel sometimes we, we have maybe become comfortable in our, our, our paths even within the message. Sometimes we just... Well, that's the way we always do it, therefore it's there. But I believe as we come closer, there ought to be more of an opening up and saying, it wasn't so from the beginning. And maybe we had, you know, I don't want to just look back to where it was there, but I believe we're coming back to the original Pentecost, the original Book of Acts church. I believe we're not just going back to Azusa Street, but I believe we're not, and we're not just doing what the Ephesian age, but we're picking up from where they fell off. We're coming back to our first love. We're coming back to the God that always had us in his mind. And the message ought to excite you. It ought to bring you a step higher. It's a pull. And, I, and I, so when I'm saying this, don't get in the mindset because we can so easily, Brother Ray, I think you mentioned, we can all so easily become cliched. You know, just, yeah. When, when, the, when the bride recognizes who she is and we, we have it out there. But we are recognizing who we are. We are moving. As, as the Holy Spirit's been ministering to us. You know, we actually are in a place where we can sit in a church and cast out every doubt. And we can actually allow God to be so present in the body that there would be healings breaking out. That's not far off. That's where we're at. That's the expectancy we want to live in, in our daily life, in our services, be it a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. We want to live that way. Let me just throw this out quickly. Revelations 18. Because I'm, I'm actually going back to Genesis, but sometimes we need to see why it's so important to go back to Genesis. Look at the end result of all of this. This is what's happening right now. And this is even what Brother Branham identified in his own ministry. Right after Revelation 17, which is the great whore and the judgment of the great whore. Verse, chapter 18, verse 1. After these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, is become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now this is in religious terms. Religious terms. For all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. In other words, there was a relationship between this woman, this city, that, that it was a commingling of politics, a commingling of the nations, a commingling of all of these things. But there's one people that are called to come out of her, not to exist with those things. 
He says, for all the nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth. So it's, it's politics, it's economics, and, and it's religion all wrapped in one. And it's saying the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Now, what a scene. And in the middle of that scene... In the middle of that scene, this comes, and I heard another voice from heaven. Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. In other words, don't, not don't just go into their buildings, but come out of their systems. Come out of their thinking. Come out of everything that that represents. Come out of the mindset of organized religion. Allow God to be your king. There, there's, there's a whole part to this that I, I could tie right back to Genesis right now. Because if you take Cain and you take the judgment that God gave upon Cain, and Cain is belligerent, he says, and he says, I put a mark on you, Cain. And the mark is for your protection. But it's also that others might know. And Cain says, my punishment's too great to bear. And Cain had no trouble leaving the presence of God. And Cain, your next steps, he immediately starts building cities and empires and all kinds of things. And if you follow the lineage of Cain down, the seventh from Cain is Lamech. And he kills somebody, and he says, he reverts back to what happened to Cain. He says, if Cain was avenged sevenfold, then I seven times seventy. Now, now look at this. If you actually look with human eyes, here is two seed lines. One seed line, humble, shepherders, disorganized, going from place to place to place. And here's another group, building cities, having organizations, having uh, singers and all kinds of things. It looks like they're the ones that are prospering. But they're not in the presence of God. They have not received their atonement. They're building their own religion. And in fact, if you watch the attitude, they think they're right. And the church that exists today in this day, they think they're right. They're under an anointing. We are the church. They have, and if you take right out of Revelation 17, I, there's no thought whatsoever. I, I'm a woman. I, I have got everything I need. And I don't need anything else. How different the, the, what the Spirit of God says to the last church age. They're wretched, blind, naked, and they don't even know it. I inserted all of that without going into notes on it. So I'm just showing this is where that, what started in Genesis, is become. And... We're in the middle of all of that. And a book has been opened that has tore the seals off of what happened in the garden. Not just what happened in the garden, but the seeds that were there. And the seeds that have worked their way through the entire Bible and are coming to fullness. 
and we are not to identify with it, the seed has to leave the shuck. It has to stand on its own. Now, the seed, if you take it, all the power that was in the beginning in that seed now manifests in the end. And when it, the shuck has held it, the denominations have held it, but now it's coming into its own. Now it's coming into its own power where it can speak for itself, where it can, it can hold its own because it is like the original. It, it's gone through resurrection. It's coming up, and it's coming back to what God intended it to be. The seed does not lose its di or diminish its intent when it goes in the ground, but rather it flourishes when it comes back up. Let me finish the quote, and seed is not air with the shuck. Church natural, church spiritual. Two different separate times, two different separate peoples under two separate covens, covenants. Many people in the world today, you listen to a lot of people giving commentary on the events. There are many people that will tell you, and you watch the adver advertisements that come with their programs, Buy your stocks, your food stocks, non-perishable for the oncoming judgments. They're actually looking to go through it. That's the anointing that's on them. And, and everything they're doing, it's resisting. Yeah, there's a part of me that resists it, but I give myself to the Word. Listen, when they came for Jesus, He had always escaped. He'd always done something. But at the appointed time, you know, and, and, and if you look at the anointing that struck Peter, Lord, don't you ever go up to Jerusalem. Who's inspiring that to him? The devil. And, and as they come closer, and Peter was there cutting servants' swords off right to the end. Uh, cu cutting servants' ears off to the end. Using his sword. <laughs> Listen, he was anointed. But look at the one who the anointing rested on. He set himself forth. We're looking for Jesus. I'm he. And they all fell back. No. And, and the disciples, you're giving yourself up. Yeah, I'm giving myself up. And he would answer this way. How then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? So you can look at all of the things going on. You can fight. You can resist. You can all worked up. But how will the scriptures be fulfilled? If there isn't a leader that does this, if there isn't a, an economic system that's working, it's got to be. So there's a part of us, the flesh doesn't like it, but I'll say, whatever it takes, Lord, for the scriptures to be fulfilled. I'm not under that covenant of that church world. I'm under the covenant of a bride. And, he, and Brother Adam just goes right into it. He says, that's why the rapture is different. And it will be for the royal seed of Abraham. It cannot come by the natural carnal seed. It has to be the royal seed. That's why the rapture has to be first. So there's been three exoduses. One, a natural people out of, out of the world that was in Egypt. Two, a spiritual people out of a natural. Three, a bride out of a church. Okay, I really not to, need to get to my text now. And don't worry, we're going to 
make sure everybody's okay here. Now, let, let's just, we want to be sensitive. We, I'll share this maybe on Sunday, but the greatest disservice you can do to God is to turn down what He sends, to disbelieve the way of escape. That's the greatest disservice you can do. Not to, 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 to believe His Word is the greatest thing, mistake we can make. And in this end time, the anointings fall so close. And I'll, sh- I'll share this on Sunday a little bit. But to turn it down leads to great ap- apostasy. It's, it's manifesting right now. But to turn it down as we come close, friends, and I don't want you to be in fear, but I want your heart to be fixed. I'm in love with Jesus, and I don't care what's going on around me, but I'm keeping my eyes on Him. And I want to walk with Him day by day, and I want Him to rule and reign over me. And I don't want to be these ebbs and flows that are happening around us and one day there's masks and one day there's this and one day there's lockdowns and one day there, there's, a, there's a, an, a, a War Measures Act or the equivalent of it and the next day, listen, these things are all sideshow. There is something else happening in the middle of all of this. And I would rather be found looking at that than anything else. Now, Genesis 3, this is all on, on a subject of relationship builds trust, and they, my, it's okay, there'll be more to this as we go along, but this is Genesis 3, verse 6. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat, and the eyes of them were both opened, and they both And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed themselves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, whatever just happened, it caused a a break in the relationship. Because the God that was a comfort to them was now someone they were running away from. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? Now listen, he had just clothed himself with fig leaves. But now in the presence of God, he answers this way, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So the religion that he had did not cover him. I hid myself. Now, I'll just read this. God in simplicity. Man, in the beginning, it showed the nature of man, always trying to hide from God. Make himself a way he can feel justified, a religion. That means a covering. He tried to make his own religion. Now, even though man fell... In the message fellowship, Brother Branham would say this, 
God made a remedy for that. In closing, I might say this. In the Garden of Eden, when God saw that his children had sinned and had gone from him, God himself, who is the supreme judge, made a reconciliation so he could restore that fellowship to his creatures by the shed blood of an animal. And that shed blood would last for many years until the coming of Christ. Super sign, I'm reading these three quotes in a row. He try, Adam tried to make a super religion without an atonement. They're still trying to do it. A super religion where he could live any way he wanted to without an atonement and still have a covering. He tried to do it in the beginning. He's still trying to do it. Now, as, as we had talked the measure of the atonement is that you're in relationship. So when you're in the atonement, you actually can have fellowship with God. And, and it's the same today. You, you can make a mistake, you can do something wrong, but if you're honest in your heart and you're sincere before God, you can be restored back into fellowship. Or you can do like many of our politicians do and never quite bring themselves up to saying they were wrong. It's a spirit that's in the world today. And they can't admit it. And I say, help us never to come to that place. And before we look at them, we need to look at ourselves. Saying, Lord, it's because the Bible said, he that covers his way, hides his transgression, shall not prosper. So we need to become clean with God. You know when you said something wrong to your wife. You know when you did something you should not. When you looked at something, when you did something, come back to fellowship with God. Confess your wrongs. And if you're really sorrowful, and you would be there say, Lord, cleanse me. Go through all of Psalms 51 and read what David said. David would say, you know, don't cast me away from your presence. But, oh God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Bring me into this fellowship. Bring me into this place with you. Lord, then I'll teach transgressors the way. He's gone from being outside to saying, I've got a place in your kingdom again. That's there for us. And if we're there, it'll also be, wash me. And David would say, wash me thoroughly with hyssop. Hyssop is a type of faith. Cleanse me. In other words, Lord, if there's a wrong desire in me. I, I've just been really meditating on this thought, but the maniac that came to Brother Branham, possessed and ran up there, it's chilling to think, because you know we all know the story how he came, the policemen were going to interrupt. Brother Branham said it's not a flesh and blood battle, and Brother Branham standing there, a boxer, not like this, but like this. And I loved the man. He wasn't defending himself. Look at the trust. Look at the trust. Not what I can do, but what God can do. And he's there, and while he's there, and, and, and he says this, this, then I heard myself saying, come out of him, Satan. And he fell on my feet. Who was doing this? It was a vessel yielded to God. But the point I was getting to was the statement, will he be delivered of that? I don't know. He worships that spirit. Oh, that's, 
That's a chilling thing. Somebody, I, I, a brother in the message who's a minister, they're having communion. And somebody had been in the service. And now they're in the service and they're coming up for communion. And the brother right away under the Holy Spirit, he sees that man. And before he comes to take a cup, he whispers him. Because he was a homosexual. And he says, and just whispered a few words to him. And the man left. Friends, that's how brazen Satan is. And I'd say, if you have something that you're inclined and you lean to, ask God to, to cleanse it from you. Because this Eve will not fall. She will love God above everything else. Above her own flesh, above her own desires. She will place God in first place. And that's what I desire. Oh, there's things that are deep-rooted sometimes. There's scars. There's, there's deep-rooted things that, that even are, have come through families and, 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 and plague us. But I say, there is deliverance from all those things. There is he who the Son sets free is free indeed. That devil cannot stand on a bride that has been washed and that is claimed and accepted by God. I'm, I'm, I'm just really moving with where the Lord is having me to move. But the atonement brings you back into, rec into reconciliation with God. It's really interesting to me. Sometimes I, 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 I do word searches, but as, as we come to something, it shouldn't have to be preached anymore. And I'm going to use a couple of examples. You look at the word atonement, in the Old Testament, it's under the law. It's, now, it's in the Bible a total of 69 times. 69 times the word atonement. 68 of those times are in the Old Testament. Because it was speaking of faith, of grace, of the one to come. And once the new covenant came into place, now we're not pointing back and saying, get under the atonement. No, now we're walking in the atonement. So, so this, is, this is how it is. And I believe it's not so much us looking at quotes and saying, that's what Brother Branham said. I believe we become the quote. I believe we see it working in us. That's the hour we're living in, where, where it starts to move in us. And, and I, I can't explain what I'm doing. But somebody says a quote, that's it. That's who I am. Amen. That's where we're at. Now I'll give you another example. The word faith in the Bible I think you can find it 270 times. You can go through all the Gospels. You can find faith in the book of Matthew, the book of Luke, the book of Mark. If you're, for those of you who are dyslexic, I'll go do it properly. Matthew, Mark, Luke, okay? Because otherwise that throws some people sometimes. You go the other way. But you won't find it in the book of John. You will not find the word faith in the book of John. Now, let me throw something else to you. Faith that works by love. You find love more in the book of John and in the epistles of John, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, than you do in all the other gospels combined. 
And John was a type of the last day people who was in the, uh, in the lap of Jesus, who, who was under this love relationship. And he was living in that. He wasn't like having to work up, I gotta have faith, I gotta have faith, I gotta have faith. No, he was in love with the Lord. And faith was a product of that, and it came out automatically. Now, if you take the word trust, this is what we're speaking on. Trust, trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability or strength of someone or something. Eve, if she would have truly been in a full oneness and relationship, she was completely in, in full protection under, under Adam. She, she, all she had to do was just lean completely on Adam. But the enticer, the evil one, the geeko, the teufel, whatever you want to call him, the seducer, he would come to her and slowly disarm her. It would start in innocence. It would, it would start that way. And he began to erode and not just the relationship, but when he eroded the relationship, he also eroded trust. Now, I would say, I want to be in relationship with the Lord. I want to be in prayer. I, 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 don't, I don't think I've always got everything, but if I know that he's close by, oh, I tell you, that means everything. You know, and, and if you want God... Just heard a brother speak on this. If you want God on, on your side, you've got to be on his side. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I say, be in relationship with him. Oh, Brother Ed, you don't know what I did this week. I've got to do a week's penance before I can go pray again. Oh, come on. I've I got to go give to the poor and, and before God will accept me again. No, he'll accept you as you are. Stay in relationship with him. And when you're in relationship with him, it'll keep building trust both ways. He'll begin to trust in you. Just like when, when, God, when the Satan came to Job and God was boasting on Job. Why was he boasting? Because he was in relationship. He saw Job is always praying. He's always offering. He's always doing things. And under this relationship, I trust him. Now, does that mean Job didn't waver, that he said, oh, he didn't curse the day he was born, and, you know, he spoke to his wife, you know, with not necessarily pleasant language? You know, that, that didn't, yeah, that still, but he, he loved God and he trusted God. And I would say, more than anything, we've been called to a relationship. And when you're in love with Jesus, I'll tell you what, it'll keep you from a lot of things. It'll, it'll allow you to trust. You won't be going to work out your own salvation. You won't be going to try to make your own religion. Listen, this is the original. This is what Eve fell from. This is what this Eve has got to come to. Okay, I need to, 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 re, to turn to just a couple of things. In the message, wisdom versus faith. Now, Faith simply trusts in his word. You see, Satan tries to sell you, tell you, you don't belong to an organization. 
Stay right with the word. You didn't do this, you didn't do that. Satan has got no reasoning. And Brother Branham would do it so simply. They'd say, Brother Branham, you don't have no education. <laughs> Could you imagine the complexes he lived with? You don't have no education. You don't, you don't know your Bible very well. And you know what he answered? I know the author real well. We have a talking relationship. And you know what? But you're not very smart. I know I'm not very smart. But, but he is, he's my everything. He, he's, my, he's my wisdom. He's my everything. He's my strength. He's, he's all these things. I, that, I'd rather be in that place. I, I, I don't want to be like Cain who, who knew of God, but he didn't know God. And there's a lot of people that know of God, but don't know Him. I'd rather know Him. I'd rather, you know, come to Him face to face. Today is the day of judgment. I want to face Him before those eyes turn angry, before that, that, that face disposition changes. So Eve, she, she just didn't really trust. She wasn't in that full relationship. Now, so the, the atonement is a reconciliation. It brings you back into His presence. And then as a result of that, you can have trust. You can have, no, and, and, and you know, it's, it's funny. The stories Brother Brandon would tell at the times he tells them, he's going through the seals. He's, he's just answering questions and answers. And then it seems like he's just lingering with the story. And he talks about the country cousin and all of the sisters there, they're all, you know, there's a man from out east, and they all want to marry him, and they're all putting on a show. And this country cousin, she's just simple and humble. She's just working. She's not even looking to that. And, and we all think it's a nice story, but it's, it's the truth. And if you actually go back, Brother Branham told this story in the 50s, and, and, and right up to this time, he's telling it now, but he puts, he adds things to it. And he says, and finally when that, that she just, she, he said that he was going away for a year and he's going to come back for me. And when he, when they, when they, during that year, they're all laughing at her. What would he have to do with you? It's his word to me. He told me and I believe him. And he meant it. And I'm taking him at his word. There was a relationship that brought a trust that was there. But they couldn't, they couldn't take it. They, 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 they just couldn't believe that that would actually happen. And then at the very moment, and Brother Adam adds to the story, and then at the appointed time, here comes the wagon, here comes, he swoops her up from, from her, him, and, and they drive off, leaving their denominational cousins behind. <laughs> now, I want to be found on the right side of that story, in the wagon, not, not standing in the dust. My goodness, I'm, I'm really not even getting to where I need to get. <coughs> God of this evil age. This evil age is to prove to Satan she is not like the first Eve. I'm putting the first in there. She is not that type of woman. She will be tried by his word as Adam's bride was tried. And Adam's bride believed every bit of it, all but confused on one promise that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. She failed in that, in that one point. 
Now, this, this bride, she's going to come in contact again with the same thing. She's called by His name. It's His bride. Not just a denominational truth or something, but every word. Do I understand every word? No. But there's something in me that believes it even though I don't understand it. Now, I, I'm going to need to just take a couple of scriptures. Just, can you stay with me? I need to make a point, and I just want to go with it. Genesis 11, verse 1. Genesis 11, verse 1. If you want to, after, just I'll make some comments. I, I could take you back to Genesis 9, verse 11 to 17. And under Genesis 9, there's the flood. Everybody comes out of the flood. There's just six people. In, and Noah and his wife, so eight people come out of the flood, but out of that comes Ham, who was of a, of a lineage that could trace his roots back under Cain. Okay? Now, under Ham, and, 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 and so out from that comes this, and God says, I'm going to make a covenant. And this covenant is, I'm giving you a rainbow. I'm never going to flood the earth again. Never. I'm never going to do it. This is for all the families of the earth. You can read that from Genesis 9, verses 11 to 17. We're jumping ahead to Genesis 11. So what happened in Genesis 11? Just a short while later. Well, we find here in Genesis 11, here's all the people of the earth. And, and it's, it came to pass, in verse 1, they were of one language, one speech. I'm going to go quickly, verse 3. And they said to one another... Go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime for mortar. And they said, go, let us build us a city and a tower that it may reach into heaven and let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. What they actually were doing was failing to trust God's word. They thought if there's ever going to be a flood again, this tower is going to rise above the waters. This tower, we won't... And they fail to trust God. And that's the seeds of every denomination. God gives them a truth. It's the truth. It's the word of God. And they're saying, what can we do to protect this truth? We've got to protect it. And so they begin to enclave around it and God moves on. Because they don't trust God for the further part of his word. But there's a people on the earth today that are taking him all the way, all the way to the rapture. We may come like the Hebrew children. The Hebrew children came up to a, a burning fire. I love their testimony. You can read this in Daniel chapter 3. I'm not going to read all these. But it said, O king. He says, don't you know I can throw you in the fire? Says, o king, we know that. We know that. But we're not going to worship other gods. And even if we're thrown in the fire, he's able to, and, and, and if you throw us in the fire, he's able to deliver us. Now look at, they didn't know the outcome, but they just trusted him. They just trusted him. And they said, and here's their testimony. So there was not a plan B. Because generally if you have a plan B, something will rise up and, and you'll, they'll be, it'll work around. Judas had a plan B. Judas's plan B was, I'm going to make some money and we're going to be protected in case things get tight. And he didn't know plan B was going to lead him to where it did. Because yeah. plan B, it's in the back of your mind. No, with God, we're all in. Yeah. 
There's only plan A. We're only going through all the way. I'm not looking to take any exits or any shortcuts. You know, if the pressure gets tight, I'll just lay low. No, no, I'm here for the long run. I'm here because, Lord, I trust you. You have proven yourself time and time again. I will not, not follow other things. Oh, but, but the, don't you see the church? It's Wednesday and it's not even half full. No, that's got nothing to do with it. That's got nothing to do with it. Listen, I, I won't get into that. I can't get it further. And that's not a condemnation. It's cold out in the summer holidays, and we wish them God's blessing on their holidays. And they know who they are. Okay, so at any rate, there's no plan B. The Hebrew children, and they said, even if he doesn't deliver us, it doesn't matter. We've made up our mind. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I, like, I like Mordecai. He says to Esther, he says, Esther, I think you're born for a time like this. And he says, if you, if you would go and intercede before the king. But he says, if you don't, don't worry. God's going to bring up deliverance from somewhere else. I like the faith of Mordecai. Because he knew God was going to be it. I know that the song we sung, Zion, God is here to gather a people. He's here to bring them back home. Okay. I need to finish with my, it's nine. I got to, okay, let me just do a couple more. So that's, here is this. Tower, they wouldn't trust God. That's the same as every denomination. I can't trust Him. And many men who serve under the denominations, well, you know, I'm not recognized, and I might lose my tax receipt, and I might lose this. Listen, if God's on your side, what else do you need? You don't need the whole organization on your side. Okay? Let's go quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. If you want to follow this through, you read the message, rejected king. Now, the situation didn't look very good. I'm going to summarize this. You can read verses 1 to 6. Samuel had, was old. He had some sons that were judges. They took bribes. They perverted judgment. And all the elders said, we've got to do something about this. And here's their remedy. Verse 6. And they said unto him, verse 5 rather. And they said unto him, behold... Thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. And the next verse, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Rejected king. People has never wanted God to lead them. They want their own way of leadership. You, if, if you want to just follow this through, there's many paragraphs on this under rejected king. It said, now, here was God's prophet, a just, a good man, never deceiving them, reputable, true, honest with the people. He told them, thus saith the Lord. But the people had come to a place where they wanted to change this program. They looked on the Philistines, the Amalekites, the Amorites, Hittites, and they seen that they had kings that ruled them and governed them and guided them and fought their battles, and Israel wanted to pattern themselves. The minute we start trying to take the message and humanize the leadership, the minute we take our king out of the way, that's, that's when we start to fall. The minute we start to polish up the message, okay, let's make it, you know, more palatable for, no, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to believe it. That's all I'm called to do. I, I, I've given up my rights. I'm a sheep. 
I'm not here to, to try and defend myself. I'm just here and allow God to work through me and allow me to bear wool. I give up my rights to Him. So here they did this. I could bring this right into the Ephesian age and the church age. And Brother Branham refers to it. The people were getting a bit formal. The abandonment to God was dying out. They began to be more careful about what the world thought of them. When you walk with God, you can actually walk in such a place. It can be so unconscious. I remember this was a Saturday. I, I, it was in the spring. I'm just looking forward to spring, maybe. But I, it was in the spring, and here I was at the office for a little bit, and I had to go meet somebody. And it was at, uh, no, I was headed home. I was headed home is what it was. And there was a client that I'd worked with earlier that week, and I just had been listening to some service. I'd been in the presence of God. I'd been on the phone with somebody. And I come up to these people. There were clients of mine, just worldly people and everything. They're at Canadian Tire at the, at the, at the market. You know, I just talked with them, and I was feeling good and everything. And I just said goodbye, and I said, God bless you, just like I do any other believer. Oh, sorry, that's just me. <laughs> I'm not the person to do that. But you could be so walking with God that it just comes out. I, I wasn't trying to do it to show anything or to do anything. It just came out. Oh, thank God it's there. <laughs> and, and so, I'm, anyway, here, here Israel is doing all these things. And, and it says, the second generation was coming on. Now, you can take the message. We've got we to gotta make sure it, it gets to all these places. Oh, let the message just go. Let God direct the message. Let God do it. And it says that second generation in the message, they demanded a king. And when they did that, they rejected God. And they began to change their manner of dress and their attitudes and their behavior. This is what Ephesus meant, relaxed, drifting. We're not falling back into that. We've not been called to that. We've been called to pick up all that Ephesus left off. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going just a bit. No matter how much Samuel tried to persuade the people, we want a king, we want this. Samuel began to tell him, you know, this is what this king will do. He'll, he'll, he'll force you to, he'll get you taxes. He'll do all these other things. He said, it doesn't matter, we want a king. Yeah, you get what you desire. That's the way man is today. I, I find that even if we're not careful, that comes into, a, into our message ranks. Uh, I'm under so-and-so. Pastor so-and-so. <clears throat> oh, really? Oh, that's nice. I'm, I'm, I'm under the Lord. You know, do you, does the Lord meet you guys in your church too? Yeah, yeah, once in a while he drops in. Yeah, once in a while, just... <laughs> Oh, friends, let's cut all that stuff out. Let's rub it all out. And it says, it seems some people that govern a church, they're not able to throw themselves completely into God's hand to be spiritual, to be led by the Holy Spirit. They want somebody to do their religion for them, somebody that will tell them just how to do it and all about it. That's what some people want. What am I supposed to do? Let me just do it. I'll just do it. No. God wants you not just to take the man's word, but he wants you to connect with him and let him be your king. Amen. The rejected king, God on the day of Pentecost sent the Holy Ghost to rule in man's hearts and rule in his lives. It was not meant for man to rule over men, 
are you a Christian? No, I belong to such and such. Oh, like it's an, it used to be, are you, has God saved you and brought you out? Yeah. What, now it's like, what church do you attend? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter what church I attend. Uh, I got the life of God in me. <laughs> oh, is that what you, that, there's a freedom in that. There's a liberty in that. And if we've become a little like that, let's just raise a little higher. Let's not put everybody in a box somewhere. Let's let God do all of those things. Musicians can come. I'm going to read just one more. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 13. So they want a king. So who do they get? They get Saul. And when Saul comes, sorry, this is 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Now, Samuel tells Saul, you're going to go to a battle. Wait for me till I come. And, and now it's seven days. You can read this in verse 8 to 10. And Samuel didn't show up. And Saul's there, and there's pressure, and there's all the people. And he says, okay, I got this. I can handle this. And he begins to take the burnt offering, and he offers the burnt offering instead of Samuel. And it came to pass, Samuel met him, and Samuel said, what have you done? And, and Saul, like, he just did, ignorantly said, well, you didn't show up. The people were scattered. You've caused this problem. No, you failed to trust me. You failed to trust the word of the prophet. And, and Samuel said, you've done foolishly. You've not kept the commandment of the Lord your God. The Lord would have established you forever. There's one more. You can read it in 2 Kings. I'm not going to turn to it. 2 Kings chapter 5. It's the story of Naaman the leper. Naaman comes and he comes and uh, he is told by, by Elisha, go and dip in the river Jordan. And he does and he comes back and he wants to offer a payment. And Elisha says no. But here's the servant and he says, you know what? The pantry's running a little low. Like, come on. And so he leaves and he chases after him. And he says, hey, while you left, so-and-so showed up and they happened to need something. So did you got a little extra for us? And he did. He got it and he came back and, and Elisha says, where you been, Gehazi? Now this is right next to the prophet. Right next to the prophet. Oh, I was just out doing so-and-so. And he exposed what he did. And he said, because you, this is not a time. This is not a time for personal gain. This is a time to trust in God. Amen. Friends, we got to be careful. We want to be careful. We don't want to mix our own ideas. We want to be in love with the Lord. I, I, I'll just say it. Just play something, sister, softly. Sister, softly. My... That's what happens when you rush. There's been a few times lately. See the Spirit of God moving in our church. And I feel like I've got to come up to the pulpit. Lord, I don't want to disrupt what you're doing. Lord, you take first place. It's, it's not what about what I say or don't say. And, and Lord, if you want somebody else, as long as you are head, Lord, that's all we desire. I think we need to come to this place more and more. Where it's not so much about what we 
have figured in our mind, but we just trust in Him for whatever He has for us because I'm walking with Him and He's my Lord and I'm under a different covenant than many programs that are out there. There's many organizations that are led, but if you trace back the motive, it's not the same as the bride of Jesus Christ. And I want to be identified with Him. I, I, the messages I listened to, from the, from the beginning it was not so. Well, how was it in the beginning, Lord? Because I want to be in that. I don't want to, even in the message, you can say, we've gone through our seasons where we've separated from denominations, but then we, we got into some of the same habits. And we would call out across town, oh, they're not doing the right thing. Ah. Oh, hold on a second. Is that what the book of John, faith works by love, Galatians, is that what it's about? Was that how Brother Branham was? When, when he, he had separations and, and hard things and, and Junior Jackson and others went and, and Brother Branham just talks about him in the pulpit, he wasn't just giving lip service. But I believe he actually loved them. Even if they didn't follow to the level that he was. How are you going to win somebody if you're judging them from up here and saying, you got to come up here to where I am. No, 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 no. You got to connect with Him. Are you willing to trust Him for your children, for your lost loved one? Are you willing to allow Him who can do it better? Whatever your situation is, if it's a financial situation, whatever it is, He can work it out. Say, Lord, I, I want to trust You. I don't want to figure this out myself. But I'm walking with you, Lord, and I know along the way you'll make it right. I just lingered a little bit. So you can stand now. Is that what you desire? That's, that's what I desire. What are you playing? That's good. That's wonderful. Sister Softly, that was wonderful. <laughs> Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Sorry, Sister Julia. That's the last time I'll say that. Let's sing that. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise Just to know Thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust. in Jesus just to trust 
Jesus. 